Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. Hey guys, Carissa here. Thank you for coming and um, just giving us your time and listening. Uh, It means a lot to us. We don't take your time for granted. So I'm so glad you're joining me today for On the Journey with Carissa and Friends. As you know, if you listened last week, I'm here with one of my best friends in the world, Stephanie Cole. And Steph and I have walked through some, I think maybe we've been through every hard thing that life has to throw. Would you agree? Yes. I think we have in either one, at least in one of our lives. Yes. Um, and now you're in a new season of moving. Yes. Which is another life thing that I've been through way too many times and really it's like a whole new world. I don't want to do it again. Whole new world. I'm watching you with so much compassion because I've done this in so many different situations. Which is what we're talking about. It's so hard. You have been such a great like encourager and a great tool for me since I have gone into the stage of life. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what we talk about. Sharing our experiences and sharing our pains and sharing our sufferings with others to help them get through that. So that's what you have been able to pour into me. And that is just 100% because God is gracious. Absolutely. And He is good. That's why. Exactly. Amen. Because He uses our crazy, our own crazy, our own unhealthiness, our own mess and turns it into something beautiful that we get to share with the world. Yes. That's the point. And it shows how great He is. That's That's the Great Commission. That's why we're here. That's why we're going on the journey with you guys. That's right. So um, go back and listen to last week's if you haven't. Stephanie is kind of walking us through some of the more hard, um, more difficult times in her life. But the goal of this is we've talked a little bit about why we like the Enneagram. You've heard me talk about Enneagram a lot. Um, and we're not just going to talk about that as a, as a tool. One thing we do want to say again, and I try to say this every time, the Enneagram is not um, the Bible. It's not the gospel of Christ. It's not our main source of food, but it is an incredible tool along with therapy and some other tools mm-hmm. that I'm excited to share on a com- upcoming episodes that have I have, I've used a lot of tools in my professional life and my personal life, and I am giving you guys the ones that have worked the best, in my opinion, and in my experiences observing everybody else, other people in my life. And so one thing that we talked about last time leading up to this week is that you are an Enneagram 7, Woo. and that means that you love fun, joy, happiness, good things, um, the enthusiast, gluttonous, enthusiast. That's the, the good term I'm the enthusiast. I'm the fun it. one. Yeah. That's what, I'm, that's what they call me. The I fun always one. wanted to be a seven, but the hard part for a seven is that when trauma and crisis comes, 
you hang on to any positive thing, anything you can do to fill you up with, with positive feelings over negative feelings, whether it's putting all your energy into having fun with your spouse or all your energy into um, having fun and being a good parent to your kids. But it's always for the purpose of making yourself replace negative feelings and hard feelings with happy, good, joyful feelings. Oh, yeah. I just want experience. That's all I want. Positive experience. Yeah, I want a positive experience. And I'm going to put, if you're going to be negative, that frustrates me. I don't like negativity. I like everything to be positive. I don't like to, like I said, I don't like to not have fun. Yeah. And, you know, I think that... When you use the Enneagram without the gospel, yeah. which, you know, we have lots of Christian friends mm-hmm. that, you know, don't particularly, you know, they, they, they struggle with the Enneagram just because like, it's like, you got to put the gospel with it. You and have I, to. hundred percent. with everything. You have to put the gospel, the Enneagram on its own would number one. Anything on its own. Yeah. Anything on its own aside from the gospel yes. is going to be destruction. It's empty. It's it not is the fullness. nothing. It's yes. Not the and I think we want you, mind, heart, body, soul. Yes. And if you use... The Enneagram, along with the gospel, it is one of, it's an amazing tool. Yeah. Like to see who God says you are, how God has waved yeah. you through Our your experiences. It's so complex. Yeah. Um, but as a seven, I can get called up in not using, getting my joy and contentment from the Lord. Yes. Because that's what I want. I want joy. I want contentment. Instant gratification. I want all those things. Yeah. And all those things are available through God. Yeah. But in sometimes in my unhealthiness, yeah. I don't seek that from him. Right. I've tried to find joy in this world and it's bleeding. And it's like, I've heard, um, I think any downs said that it's like sevens are like a bucket with holes in it. Like they're, they have this bucket with holes. And so they keep trying to fill them stuff up and then it sticks out. Mm. So then they're more, they got to keep pushing, but it all keeps falling out because it's not true. That's right. Joy. It's That's not right. true contentment. That's found in Jesus Christ. That's right. Not in fun experiences. Yes. Yes. But I ain't going to lie. I love being the seven. I do. I love being the seven. I do. I, I, I just, we'll talk about me later. I, I just had a recent crisis of identity. Of self-awareness. Oh my gosh. I spent, I spent the past um, two months self, like kind of stepping back and, and pulling back from a lot of my responsibilities outside my family and just to check in with myself. And I've discovered that I'm what's called a social eight. And I will talk more about this later, but it's kind of rocked my world mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I got um, the text. It was like, Steph, <laughs> my world is rocked. I do not no longer think I, I am a three. I don't know what to do with it. I'm an eight. Yeah. And I'm it's an hard eight. because eights look like threes. Mm-hmm. Um, social eights look like threes because they have some similar characteristics. But the motive, I had to ask myself some really hard questions. And yeah. I'm not in trauma. And that's what I, if you go back and listen to next week and the week before, I, I want us to get to a point where it's not requiring us to be in trauma or in crisis for us to reflect on where we are in our health. Mm-hmm. I want us to keep like paying attention and being self-aware so that we can be the best versions of ourselves and the happiest and healthiest versions of ourselves without the trauma and crisis so that when that comes, we are more grounded in who we are in our identity in God and who God is because we have really been looking at ourselves honestly and asking those hard and honest questions of ourselves and of God. Yeah. And so last week we left off and you had talked about how you went through the loss of your parent, your mom, the loss of your precious son, Matthew, who was what, how far? No, you I, were I was in on, the second trimester, right? Yeah, I was, four, in the second I was 14 trimester. weeks. Yeah. Um, you lost in your second trimester, um, and then you had just an incredible crisis in your marriage. And during this process, you were trying to adopt a son, 
And you had tried and tried to, um, what we said was where enthusiast is every bit of that word. The opposite of enthusiast, in my opinion, is probably desperation, despair. Mm -hmm. And if you had done up until your crisis in your marriage and the middle, the work and struggle that came in this adoption period, you were really hanging on with a tight fist, trying not to fall into the despair and you just couldn't. Yeah. There's no, I couldn't hold on anymore. And you fell. Yeah. Cause your string, your little string broke. And now you're there. You're in the pit. Well, that's because I was not, my foundation was not as much as I would have loved to believe, even though I did have a relationship with Christ and I loved Christ in my whole, I probably like six years before that, I mean, I'd given my life to Christ. It's like I knew who he was, but my foundation was not found. You had an experience. Yes. My, I had not, I had not, I had not know who the real Jesus Christ was. I did not know what real grace meant, what Mm -hmm. mercy. I just didn't, I had never really fully embraced everything he had for me. Um, and at that point, my foundation went there. fully broken? Yeah, yet? I do. I believe that. And I didn't allow myself to fall broken. And that's where humility comes and, in. And, I mean, you know, my life was never really like rainbows and butterflies, right. even from childhood. Right. But as a seven, now looking back, I can see since I've had the Enneagram tool to help me like kind of, you know, dive into what God, mm-hmm. how God's woven me together and how special He's made me, mm-hmm. I've been able to dive in and think and see those patterns. Like I said, we talked about last week, the patterns of not even ever experiencing any of that pain. Mm-hmm. And so I never truly felt broken. That's right. Because I never let myself be broken. Yeah. Um, and so I just never was broken. Yeah. And I think that once you said, like, my foundation was not completely built on Christ, I might have had some pebbles under there, but, like, I did not have a solid foundation. And that was not because of him. It was because of me. Right. I did not allow him to pour that foundation. You know what I mean? By like being completely I, yes, humble and vulnerable I was not, and broken before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I did not completely yeah. lay my life down. Like, even though I said yes. I laid my life down... I didn't completely let my life down, yes. you know, like I thought I had, right. but I did not. Because you also weren't as self-aware as I laid my now. life down with my words. Right. I knew all the right things to do. Yeah. I knew all the right things to say. I knew all the Bible I verses. such a similar story. All the Bible that, verses. Yeah. I knew exactly what I was supposed to do and what I was supposed to say mm-hmm. to make it sound like I was doing what, not like, like I was a hypocritical Christian. That's no, not I what totally I'm saying. Understand. I think everybody can, I think it was the so only, many of us can relate. It was the only version of a Christian I knew. Yes, absolutely. That was the only 100%. thing I knew. Yep. Um, it was more of a works-based, yeah. words-based And we also come from a, a world, a Christian world that did not share their story. Yeah, this was, it was all, right. you pretend like yes. you are good. And that's my natural nature as yes. a seven. Right. It's to be on all yes. the time. It's exhausting. But to be on, to be, not that Happy. I'm a fake person, but more of like, you and I even have friends in my life, and not like, not you. I mean, I'm just saying I have people in my life that expect me to be on. Yeah, because sure. I'm the fun friend. If I am emotionally deep and in pain or anything like that, I don't come off as the fun one anymore, right. and they expect that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember yeah. early in marriage, like, and Matt will probably die for me telling you this, but I remember him telling me one time I was in pain mm. and I was not, and this was just a little pain or mm-hmm. anything, but I remember I was off. Like, I was not on my game. And Matt has had became so, had become so used to me being his emotional mm. stability sometimes, yes. um, which obviously is not healthy anyway for both of us, but I wasn't but let's on. Let's also note, you were 21 yes. and 23 years old when, when we you got, married. got married. Yes. So, so been, we were not healthy people. Yeah, together. we were not healthy. Um, yeah, we found Christ together. Yes. We grew up together. Yes. You know, um, but I remember him texting me and going, Hey, 
I just, you know, why don't you just, you just push past that. Just pretend it's not there. Move on. And I was like, that is the last thing that I need to hear. Isn't that our world? I need you. I need someone to tell me, go into it. Dab into it. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, okay, I got to get back on. Got to do it again. Got to get back on it. And so that's what I was saying. He's learned me so much now that he knows that is the opposite thing that I need to do. He needs to, he encourages me now to like talk through the things, but as an unhealthy child, you know, young in our marriage, like he, people expected me to be on. And so that's all I knew was to be on. Mm -hmm. People wanted me to be the fun one. I was going to be the fun one, you know? And so I didn't, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of relationships younger that helped me to dive into the pain, um, and as I became like you said, I kind of became self more self aware of that. I don't even I'm so see this is I'm a seven. Mm-hmm. I jump from topic to topic. At this point right now, I have no idea where we're what we're where so we're my at. Question for you, <laughs> he relayed me back you right where we were supposed <laughs> I'm like, to be. Though, lead because, me there. So you have never had that people. Unfortunately, you faced a crisis that made you have to you had to seek somebody out. Like Mm -hmm. you had to figure this thing out. I think that's kind of where we all get to. And I use the word crisis on a spectrum Mm -hmm. because everybody's suffering is relative. Like I only know my suffering and it's real suffering to me. You're suffering. I haven't gone through everything that you have. Um, And so all I know, like it's not fair to compare suffering, right? Oh no. My suffering to me is real suffering. So for you, when I say crisis, everybody is going to encounter some sort of crisis on a spectrum. I mean, they just are. And so unfortunately, once we hit that crisis, we have to figure it out. We can't, we're either going to die, become an addict, um, check completely out, or we're going to get better. Um, that's the only two options that we have. And so for you, you hit a point at that time where everything, all the the places where you found your value and worth and joy in had had essentially crumbled at, yeah. in some way, shape, or form, and you had to figure this thing out. Yeah. And so what, what steps did you start to take that have brought you to where you are now? Because it ha- it all kind of God laid it all out one step at a time from my observation, just from oh, yeah. the outside looking. Well, back. and they've been looking back now. That's what I was going to say. Looking back now, and I've said this so many times, Matt and I both like. I'm so. I feel like experiencing all that was God's grace Absolutely. in my life, and I he, I think He needed those foundations to be broke so that I built the right foundation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm still working on that. Sure. I'm still adding, it's I'm a still, I'm still adding bricks. I'm, yeah. I'm on the journey, girl. Absolutely. I'm on the journey. That's right. Um, but I'm on a journey to health as yes. opposed to on a journey Amen, to, sister. to self-pity mm. and wallow. Like I was on that journey before. And self-destruction. And self-de- definitely self-destruction. Yes. Um, and I think self-destruction looks different. It's relative yes. as well. It looks different for everybody. Yes. Sometimes it can it's be. It's going to your yes. unhealth and staying there. Yes. And that's why I said self-destruction can be really high, really low, whatever. But my own self-destruction was like, like never dealing with. Pretending that everything Pretending everything's right. fine, which is a very scary, mm-hmm. lonely, hard place to be. And that's all I knew. It's all I knew how to know. You know what I mean? Like, Would you say that's harder than where you are now? Considering the work that you've had to go through, yes, because a lot of people avoid the work, yes, and they don't realize it's harder being in that spot Girl, than the work ever will be. It's so much more free. Mm-hmm. There's so much more freedom on the yeah. side of it. If yeah. you are listening and you are at that point, like do it, yeah, jump in and do it, it. and it's, it's worth, worth it. I mean, even me, like it's not natural for me to want to talk about. Even right now, mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Like yeah. even last week and this week, like. I trying to talk about these things is not fun for me. And so therefore it's hard, mm-hmm. but 
I feel like I've gotten to a place now where I'm a little bit more healthy. Yeah. So talking about them is not as hard yes. because I have done the work, a and lot of it, and I'm still time, doing the work. Well, do you find that every time you talk about it, you feel lighter? Yeah, it's freedom. Yeah. There's freedom in sharing and your story. Every time there's going to be one person. Yes. Every time that comes to you and says thank you. Yes. Guaranteed. And, that, and that's why I said even sharing right now, I feel so much freedom in Christ mm-hmm. to share because I don't care. Like, I don't care what... There was a time in my life where I wouldn't have shared anything because I didn't want people to think I was yeah. less than right. or I was not as good of a Christian yes, as them. Yes, that's the big one. And, you know, doing through our marriage trauma that we went through, I learned a lot of things that I didn't want to learn. That I didn't need to learn. I didn't think I needed to you didn't learn. Ask for, for I didn't ask sure. for any of that. Yeah. But I'm saying not even just in my own. Like there was a marriage crisis, yeah. but to come after my marriage crisis, there were so many other crises. Yeah. Crises is in like the church that I've had. It been you know like just lots of things. Like I didn't even know what the ch- what church looked like anymore because we you know were not treated the way that I felt like Christians should be treated mm-hmm. and treat one another um, as opposed to embracing and helping coming alongside, which is what the church, we ourselves are called to do. You know, we felt like we were ostracized or we were pushed out because people had this idea of who we were right? and we weren't that idea anymore. And so we were useless to them. And I had several friends that I was useless to after that. And that was hard. Well, and that's the hard thing about healthy, any, any relationship aspect. And this is, this is psych 101. So if you're in a relationship with two people, for yours, friends are one, you're another. Church is one, you're another. If you're in a relationship and one person and the health dynamic is off and one person starts to get healthy, that other relational component, that other person, that other entity, that other spouse, whatever it is, is either going to have to change as well or leave. Yeah. Like you're either going to have to walk away or you're gonna, ha- there. Both of you are gonna have to be on the same trajectory to health because it's not gonna be even. It's gonna be a pull. Like you're gonna be dragging them along behind you, or it's gonna snap. And you know, I think that's a lot of too. Where you know, a lot of the crises have been through. And then, like I said, I, I'm talking about our marriage crisis right now, just because that's the point. Like all these other crises, that was the moment. It might have been bigger, change. but that was right. the moment that I like got oh, used. To I it. had to like yeah. I had to go down into yeah. the abyss, and I had to go in, and I had to dive in. And I think that God taught me so much grace for others mm-hmm. through that. Like it was like I had to give grace to myself, in turn, gave me grace mm-hmm. for others. Because I'm like, you know, like all those things that hurt me that I thought were like big and hurt, it made me be like, you know what? I get it. Yeah. Like I was that person too. Like I didn't even know how wrong I was. Right. And the mirror that shows you who you really are. Yeah. And how are you going to be judgmental and critical and merciless when you're looking at your actual true, honest self in the past? Yeah. You know how many times I told myself that I was mad at people for doing the exact same thing that I was doing at the moment? (laughs) I was judging them for judging me. Yes. And I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah. How can I judge other people for judging me? Like, that's an oxy, like that's not even normal. And so I think I just kind of opened my eyes to say, okay. And so through all of that, what did you do? So I what, went, what did you do? What was your first I think step it started me. That's what I said. I think it started me on a journey of, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I want to find out who I am. Yeah. I want to find out who I am in Christ. I want my worth to be found in Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't want my worth to be found in who I am as a mother because I'm going to fail. I'm For a sure. human. Yep. Who I am as a wife, I'm going to fail. Who I am as a friend, yep. who I am as a as a person in the church, who I'm all as those the places. Life of the party. Yes, as the life of the party. All these places I had found my identity and my worth in so much had crumbled. Yeah. 
And I mean, those relationships were still there. I'm not saying all my relationships left. I mean, me and my, you know, the vision that you had of them in your life. It was just fake. It was a facade. And I think it just showed me like, I want my foundation to not be this broken when something happens. And so I did what you, you know, I did what you're talking about. Like I wanted to find out when I get to that place, where's my, where's my, where am I going to go? Am I going to go and self-worth, I mean, self-pity and all that stuff? Or am I going to look at Jesus and say, this is who you say I am. And I'm going to rest there, yeah. even though this is really freaking hard. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think I just I started there, just almost being more self-aware, like thinking through just things. Almost like just on my knees in prayer. Awakening. For a while, i say the first thing was just being in, being in Scripture. Yes. Because it was the only place that I knew where to go. The first thing that happened is it woke you up to the fact that you needed to change. Yes. Like you needed to know, you needed to figure this yes. out. Yes. And I didn't know what that looked Which like. Step one. I didn't know what it looked like. I really didn't. And so the and first thing I did was prayed. Praying. I remember it was like for the first few weeks or three weeks after, I think I just spent a lot of time in the closet. Yeah. Like I can remember your heart Yeah, out just I would just I would sob yeah. and I would cry. And it wasn't even necessarily about the trauma. Yeah. It was more about who I was gonna be from this because I was so tired of feeling like that. Like yeah. anytime the bottom dropped out as yeah. a seven, it's like you don't even know what to do because you want joy, you want happiness, you want all these things. And when you can't feel that, what do you do? And instead of running towards going and filling myself up with experiences and people and all these things, I couldn't run to that at the moment. God only gave me the option to run to Him. I mean, I could have ran to bad things. I guess I could have ran somewhere else. But all of those places that I had that I usually had ran had kind of fallen apart. Yeah. And I needed to come to—I was by myself. And yeah. I needed to say, okay, God. And so I started there in prayer, and you know, which led to— um, just personal counseling on my own, counseling as a marriage, counseling as a family, like just lots of different things. And it helped me go back and grieve things that had happened to me in high school, things that I had dealt with. Did you do your story in counseling? Did you do your narrative in counseling where you started from birth and walked away? Because I have a curriculum. Some of you know this and Steph knows this really well. Um, we have a curriculum that we do every year at Encourage Retreat that is a story curriculum that helps you walk through from zero until now to recognize these patterns. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done something like that, too. Yes. Did you do your story in counseling? Well, that's the thing with any counseling. And, I mean, we don't have to get into mm-hmm. it. You know, some counselors are great yeah. and some counselors are not. And you don't know? be afraid And don't be to afraid change. to switch. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't say st- – because sometimes right. some counseling counselors are just not – your personalities have to go together. They're going to mesh with you. They're not going to be what you need and what is right for you in the time. And, you know, unfortunately, we had to go through several before yeah. I got to where I found someone that could actually, like, listen to me mm-hmm. and help me actually use those tools and go back. Um, and so we went through a lot of, like, counselors that just did not really know how to... We just did a lot of rehashing and a mm-hmm. lot of not being healthy, like, on my own. Like, I rehashed a lot of things, and I'm like, am I getting anywhere? Like, there's no physical, like, actual application steps. And so once we did find, you know, someone that was just amazing and God used, um, which is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I began to look back at at patterns and things and how I dealt with things personally, um, in my own life and which put me in the position that I was Mm -hmm. in. Those patterns. Yes. They put me where exactly where I was. And I learned how to kind of like recognize those patterns more. And I realized that I wanted to build a solid foundation. I wanted my, my personal mm-hmm. relationship with Christ to be on, on a solid foundation. I wanted my relationship with my husband yeah. to be on a solid foundation. He wanted that. I wanted that. Yeah. We wanted our parenting to be on a solid yeah. foundation. We wanted our 
relationships with our children to be on that foundation. We want everything to be built on that foundation of God. And unfortunately, that took a lot of who Hard is God? Work. Like yes. who is God Hard to questions. us? Because we were had come, we were so broken in who we thought God was yes. that we didn't even, but we didn't even know it. Right. Um, and so all of this just made us more self aware of. Okay, we got to figure out who God is to us, yes. and who God not even just to us, but who He really is, truly in His nature. Well, this is what I want everybody to see: um, is that that's the trajectory for all of us. Yeah. And and your your life is just a, a tangible example of it, but you have to be broken. You have to be humbled before the Lord. And then you gotta go to God. And that's what you did. You go to your closet, you go to your knees. No matter what your circumstances are, this is this is a wonderful step process. Get on your face and realize that you're broken. I don't care who you are, I don't care what your circumstances are, you can be in the what everybody thinks is the perfect life right now. You're broken. Oh, like yeah. you're just broken. Yeah. Everybody's broken. Realize you're broken and you need something bigger than you. You need the savior of the world. You need you will never be able to sustain on your own in this life until you die. You just won't. Negative. So you yes. have to be broken. You have to realize your brokenness. Then you have to go to God, and then you have to get help because you will never be able to see yourself accurately. We have blind spots, y'all. Mm-hmm. We all have blind spots. So you have to get outside help, whether that's a mentor, a counselor, a coach, a discipler, a friend. A friend, yeah. You have to get help from somebody else speaking into your life truths that you're not going to see because we all have blind spots. And then you start implementing tools. And I will say that between the moment that you started counseling and now, two of the greatest changes I've seen in you has come from being in a community of believers who accept grace and act in it Mm -hmm. and the Enneagram. Yes, exactly. And that's where your application Mm -hmm. has come in. Mm -hmm. So you recognized your your brokenness and your need to wake up, which is what self-awareness is. It's waking up. You went to God first. Amen. That's it. Go to God first. And through his power, you were able to go face hard things in counseling. You were able to ask yourself hard questions and face honest truths. And then you were able to implement new tools and resources like community. Oh, yeah. And in this case, for you, the Enneagram works. Uh, yeah. And that that community is who introduced me to the Enneagram. You know Which what I mean? so cool. And so I remember hearing it for the first time and I'm like, what? Yeah. What is this? Like, yeah. huh? But then I remember being so intrigued. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. Like, this is so neat. But I was taught what the Enneagram was through the gospel. That's right. Like, it was not... It always has to start It was gospel. a gospel yeah. Enneagram workshop. You know, like, it was 100% gospel-based with God's grace and mercy yeah. poured all over it. Because I think if you can look at the Enneagram like on your own and you're not using it along with the gospel, mm-hmm. it can make you feel really bad about yourself mm-hmm. or Prideful. it can make you feel really good about Prideful. yourself in the wrong way. Yep. And so, so I think unless you are humble. And that's the same with any tool. Yeah, any tool. Yeah. We're going to talk about the fivefold um, spiritual gifts guide coming up. And one of my other favorite tools of application is mindfulness mm-hmm. and journaling. Yeah. I know that you do journaling as well. Um, but any of those apart from the gospel are empty. They're just empty. They're missing. Because, guys, we are such a complex being. We are made of heart, mind, 
body, and soul. Mm -hmm. And if you're not feeding all of those in a positive, healthy, honest way, you will never be your wholest, fullest, best version of yourself. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, we're going to wrap up. We have a few minutes. Tell me what you love about where you are now after going through everything. What do you love about who you are and where you are in life? Um, I love that I'm in a place where I no longer have to apologize for who I am. Mm, I've accepted myself in Christ. And not in a way that like, I'm like, hey, this is what you get. So who cares if if I'm rude and ugly, then that's just (laughs) what you get. That's not what, I've just accepted who I am. And if I'm too much for people, that's okay. And I'm still gracing that. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, I am sometimes too much for people. And that's okay. And And I don't have to apologize for that. But you do. What what I love about accept that, what I've seen in you, and I just love about the fact that when we can accept who we are, then you can be vulnerable vulnerable enough to say, girl, I shot my mouth off the other night. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not a big deal because you know, that's part of who you are. You're Mm -hmm. somebody who struggles with shooting off your, like just an example. Or for me, if I tell the truth in a tone that, because I'm a truth teller, and when I tell the truth in a tone that is not gracious, I need to go apologize for that. But I also am aware that that's a flaw that I struggle with. And I'm not embarrassed to go back. That's acceptance of yes. yourself. And that's what I was saying. I think that I love that I'm not apologetic for who I am anymore right. I because that, that I've been able to really be myself. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm just myself. And that feels And I love, there are things about me I do not love. Yeah. I have unhealthy <laughs> patterns. Like, yeah. obviously those are there. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. But I have truly come to see myself and love myself for who Christ has, Christ has made me to be. Yes. Um, and so I, that's number one. Number two is probably that I have come to a place where I can recognize my patterns. Mm-hmm. I still do unhealthy things. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm flawed. You're not in heaven yet. I am so. flawed. Yeah. I'm a flawed human being. Mm-hmm. And I have allowed myself to be able to see those patterns and give myself grace in it. But then also realize that I can't just show myself grace. I have to actually do some actions towards those and work through those. That's why we always try to give you guys tools to apply. Yes. And so that, and then I love that I no longer have to earn God's love. Yep. And the for the longest time, my husband and I both were stuck in a pattern in our own spiritual walks, personally, not in our marriage, it's not what I'm talking about, but personally, in trying to be good and do good. And those are good things. Behaviorally, There's unlock. nothing wrong with being no, good and the doing good. why you're doing it that's the problem. But it's the motivation behind yes, that. Yes. Is it is it legalistic? Is it moralistic? What is it? Because the is it because you truly want to be a good person because that's what God calls you to be and He wants you to love others and do be kind to others? Then that's the motivation that you need to be good. Not the motivation of what do people think about me? What are they seeing when they look at me? Um, and so I struggle. I've always said, and this is probably funny that I'm on your podcast and I'm about to say this. If you've never heard me say a cuss word, you're probably not my true friend. <laughs> you're probably not my true friend. I say I, I, there are things that are in me that are flawed. Chris is dying because I just said that on your podcast. But it's it's called authentic. I'm being authentic. There are things about me that I have to work on. But what I'm saying is, is I don't want to not be my true self. Like, I don't, I know that those are flaws. I know that I'm going to work on them and I know where I'm at. And I'm I'm unapologetically myself around people. Mm -hmm. And it's because I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know who loves me. And I show grace to myself in that. And therefore, it gets to, I get to show grace mm-hmm. to others, even though I am unhealthy and I'm still on the journey. And 
the Enneagram has been such a tool in my marriage and in my parenting Mm -hmm. that I've been able to, like, I can understand my husband different than I ever could before. He's a three. And it's opened my eyes. Like, everything I read, I'm like, that's him. Yep. And I've been able to just, you know, be able to see that. So, anyway, I I just love it. And so I think that all these tools that you're talking about, these applications are just great. And I just... They all point back to God if mm-hmm. you if you know who God is and you see God and you're willing to take that step that just that one vulnerable vulnerable step of trusting Him and saying I'm willing to go there with you just go with me take me on the journey just go with me on the journey let's go on the journey thank sister you, thank thanks you for being for on the journey with me thank you for taking the time you're welcome um, I love your marriage I love what God has done in it mm-hmm. it's it's incredible and your friendship is incredible with Him. Um, it's my it's, there's always hope in God for mm-hmm. anything we face. You've got three beautiful children now. Yeah. Um, you truly are a product of God's grace in a way that has been an honor for me to watch. So I love you. I love you. And guys, thank you for joining us again this week. Please come back. You can find us on all your podcasting apps and on the My Journey of Faith app. And as always, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, friends. See you next week.